0: Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, John. How's it going? It's going pretty well, man. You Good. made it on time today. I did.
1: Well, you know, I got it a little early. went to the Catholic Cafe, got coffee and some, uh, some cupcakes. Oh, did you really? Yeah.
0: Joining the Jeff there?
1: I did, yeah. <laughs> Chocolate cupcakes are awesome. I hear you. What
0: about Tom Dorian? Was he there? That's the important question. I,
1: Tom Tom wasn't able to make it. Today. He wasn't? Yeah. No, I man. saw Ziggy. Yeah, who's I hear him? you. Yeah. So there was, some, there was an extra
0: order of bacon That's laying right. around, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Well, no, it's good to see you. I'm glad to be back in here this week. We, you know, um, there's been some things going on in my mind here lately, uh, thinking do tell. about do yeah, tell. do tell. Yeah. <laughs> It's a dangerous place. No, but uh, some things uh, kicking around some different show topics, and you know, in the last week or so, I've talked to a lot of people on the phone and, and getting ready to go to some of these conferences, and you know, our men's group met a couple times, and you know, one of the things that I was thinking about is here's we're starting another year. You know, we're still in the first month of the year here in January. That people are still looking to uh, for new things, right? To what am I going to do differently in my life this year? And, and you know, I was looking at the Sunday reading this past Sunday, which was the baptism of Jesus. And you know, it's a passage we've all read a bunch of times. You know, we we know the story that you know Jesus comes up and John says, you know, you should be baptizing me, not the other way around. And you know, the dove comes down, right, and, Holy Spirit, and, yeah, God, right? Says, and and so you hear God says, yeah. "This is my beloved Son, with whom I'm well pleased," and. You know, it is one of those passages that we're that most people are familiar with, and if we're not careful, we can run past it without seeing the significance of it. Uh, especially that word "beloved son," uh, or those words. It's more than one word, but yeah, you know, I really wanted to focus on that because there's a lot of guys that I've talked to over the last couple of years that really struggle with this. That you know we've talked about it before with our identity and, and the mistakes we've made and things like that, but if we're not careful, we can roll right past this without, without understanding the significance of what this means in our own life. Like We can look at it and say, well, God said that to Jesus, and, and and I know the story, but he said the same thing to us when we were baptized. And we can forget that, and what that means. And so, I really want to spend time on the word beloved. You know, a lot of guys, you, you know, guys will say, I don't want to be called beloved, right? There's John, my beloved, or there's Victor, my beloved. It, it can come off seeming sort of like a feminine term, you know, and but, There is great power in that word. I mean, it it means that you know you are treasured, that you are dearly loved. That it's another level of love, and you know I think that that a lot of guys, we've all made mistakes. You and I both. Like, there's nobody sitting in this room right now that has not made a mistake in their life, and we can easily get into this place in our life where that's where we live. That we forget this this idea that we're beloved sons, that then we went when we were baptized, it wasn't just a sprinkle of water on the head. It wasn't some symbolic thing, just a symbolic thing. It was God adopting us as sons of His. And what does that mean? You know, so many guys we get lost in that and we get held up in our mistakes, and we begin to look at it at, at our Heavenly Father a lot of times like we can our earthly fathers. Uh, you know, so I wanted to really get into that today i just i know there's a lot of guys that have written in you know and emailed on the show and and they've talked about how they struggle with this 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 fact that god can love them the way that that uh that he does and so i want to break that open today and talk about it a little bit
1: so when it comes to beloved you know you said mm-hmm. is it, is it beloved or beloved I was never never, never how to I don't know
0: it. I can't answer that question I can just read it like it's written yeah
1: well I mean we and we've kind of danced around this word before you know in a sense of like marriage mm-hmm. you know we're to treat our wives or spouses you know if you're a woman listen to your husband treat them as beloved you know as, as Christ and God sure love each other because that's the connection we're trying to uh, emulate really here mm-hmm. on this earth we're un- loving unselfishly totally Mhm. and so maybe we can do that today. Maybe we learn a little piece of that today.
0: Well, I think where we have to start is, is like I said a minute ago, we, we can confuse very easily the love of our Heavenly Father with the love of our Earthly Father. You know, when we see, when you understand that you're a beloved son, like that's a gift from God, that we don't earn that. And I think that as men, we really struggle with the idea of getting something we didn't have to earn. You know, from the time that we're, we're young, and I know it was this way for me, and I just I've talked to so many men that I you know I know it was a, that's similar for them. That from the time we're little, all we want to do is impress our father, right? Like when you start playing oh, yeah, a sport, sure. you want to be the best person in the sport. You want to every time you hit a shot, you look around in the crowd to make sure your dad saw it. You know, it, it's and it starts that way with with sports and with school, and then it becomes jobs, and you're always throughout your life trying to earn your father's love, trying to earn your father's respect. You know, to me. Words I didn't hear for a very long time in my life from my father was "I'm proud of you," and I would have killed to hear those words for a long time. And I heard a lot of things, and I love my father. I don't mean to paint him in a bad sure. light, but early on, you know, in my childhood, he was he was raised on a farm with, with you know parents that that uh, lived together. I don't know how loving the relationship really was mm-hmm. to hear it told. I don't think there was a lot of that. Um, six of them on a farm uh, out there picking cotton and, and, and basically field hands for a family and 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 you know he didn't have a lot of that in his life. I'm sure he didn't hear a lot of it, so therefore he didn't have it to give to give to me. So, but I know I'm not alone in that. There's a lot of guys out there that have that have talked about like I felt like my whole life I'm always trying to earn my father's love, my father's approval. We don't have to do that with God. I mean, this is a gift. When we were baptized, God said, you are now my adopted son. I love you no matter what. There is nothing you can do to stop that. There's no, you don't have to worry about earning it. You don't have to worry about, about uh, what you have to do to receive it. It's given to you. And that's the thing that I think we can't get our head around, is that we think that there's, there's got to be a way. I've got to do something. I mean, it, nothing's free in life. But this gift from God is. And it's something that we really have to pound into our, our, our spirituality, into our heart, into our mind, to understand that that we just need to to sit in God's love because He's given it to us, and and, and not worry about what we have to do to achieve or to sure. earn it.
1: Well, the, like you're saying, the reward is already already given to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like you were saying, we work to get a reward. We get sure. we work towards something to get acknowledgement, to get a award or something but what we've already received that reward mm-hmm. by not, by just simply being us and by seeking God, you know, in our lives. And, and so what we can do though is get caught up in your, on that path, I think, of getting caught up in doing works, 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 works without any developing any faith. Sure. You know, because we're in that mindset of the more I do, the more I'll get rewarded. Right. But it has to be coupled with love. It has to be coupled with faith has to be coupled with the the desire to be a servant, but also to be present with God.
0: Well, and we can see it in our own spiritual lives too, like where we think, okay, like I'm gonna love God more, He'll love me more if I'm going to Mass every day, doing a rosary, doing this, doing this, and you have a laundry list of things that you're doing in hopes that I'm earning God's love, but you don't have to. I mean, that's, that's why it's so important, and what I've found so uh, spiritually enriching is sometimes just sitting down and being still sure. and listening because you're just receiving at that point you're not trying to earn anything and and I think you know I, I, you know I'm not God obviously, but I think sometimes he could get frustrated it's just like the fact that you don't have to jump through hoops right. just be present to me and there's a danger in that because if you look at if you look at this 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 idea that we have to earn this love, You know there's a reaction that comes when when you feel like you you
1: haven't earned it right there's a sense of failure oh yeah i mean every every time i'm waiting you know for confession you know going to confession there's a moment of me like here i go i failed again right you know that darkness a cloud falls upon me but then i realize like you know what this is a purgation of of me realizing i i can't do it on my own yeah and and we talked about confession already And that's when that God's love comes back miraculously, Mm -hmm. and we're like, "Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, now I I feel I feel like um, I am back to where I need to be."
0: Yeah, but see, a lot of people don't understand that. So, like when you're when you're sitting there trying to earn these things, and you feel like you're not, you feel like you're failing. Like, you know, for instance, I remember being in a fight, getting in a fight with my dad one time about, you know, I I told him I was done playing basketball. I didn't want to. I didn't want to play anymore. And and that did not sit well with him and he you know got the whole if you quit now you'll quit the rest of your life speech and all this stuff and and I remember just having a knockdown drag out and saying like you know I don't, th- I don't I can't remember any time you ever told me you love me and I can't remember any time you ever told me I'm proud you, you're proud of me right. you know I score 32 points in the game and I missed one free throw and that's what you talk about and I I just it was a blow up I mean I went to my room the rest of that night and when I got up the next morning my father had already gone to work my mother and I sat down and talked about it and and she told me about how hard it was for him to tell me things that 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 he felt he 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 told everybody else but me, and uh, you know, but I felt like a failure a lot of times because I felt like nothing I could do could ever please him, right? Could ever earn his love or earn his his uh, approval? And what that does is it, it teaches us like we start to to look at ourselves and and, and center on our mistakes and failures. That's where it takes us and that's where I think a lot of people are in this world is, is we look at things like I've tried to be good, I've tried to live up to this, to, to being the man God wants me to be, but I continue to fail and I continue to fall. And the danger in that is that once you start thinking I'm the sum of my failures, that's where we get in this place where the devil really starts digging in, right, and he's sitting there, yeah you are. Like there's nothing, God will never love you, you're a pitiful excuse for a person. Every time you try to do something you fail. You're not ever gonna be good at this, why don't you just quit? Why don't you just sit in your failures and all of that? So, you know, what, what happens is we begin to lose our sense of worth, right? With the, the failures pile up, the mistakes, the missteps, and we begin to slowly hear that voice inside of us, the devil that's telling us you're not worth anything. Nobody loves you. Give up on this. And that's how he uses so many, that's how he, he, he keeps so many men beat down, is because we take that step forward and then we fall and then he steps in and he preys on those those ideal of failures and he paints this false picture of God as if God's the one up there saying you're not worth my love you there's nothing you can do that can ever pull you out of that i see you this way
1: or impossible standards right yeah, right yeah right and well, so try.
0: we have this idea of of a god that's sitting there looking at us like we're the biggest disappointment that's ever walked the earth but in fact like god looks at us as a little child that, that yes, like if Jacob, he's broken stuff in my house, right? And yes, I've gotten angry, and yes, I've been disappointed, but I've never stopped loving him, and that's the way God looks at us, and and we have this 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 you know this masculinity thing where we don't. That's hard for us to understand, right? To and to receive, but that's exactly how God loves us. Is is just the way we look at our own children? Is yeah. You made you made some bad choices, but I'm not kicking you out of the house. I don't want you to go somewhere else. You're my son, and I love you with everything I have. And that's what it means to be beloved, to have this, this deep love that God is never going. There, there's nothing, and I want men to hear this, there is nothing you can ever do in your life to make God not love you. I mean, you know, Jacob could go out tomorrow or one of my girls and kill somebody and I would be so disappointed, so hurt and sick at my stomach, but I would never stop loving them. I would love them through that. And, and you know, that's the thing that I think so many men we can't grasp and we read over this, you are my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. It's God telling you constantly, I love you, I'm proud of you, I, there's nothing you can ever do to earn or deserve my love, it's just here. And you need to realize that, and in your life is so much easier when you can. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, go on. To what you're saying too about the depth of God's love—it's w- w- there's no measurement for us. Sure. I mean, and that's why it's so foreign for us. It's so difficult for us to kind of wrap around because we've all been in relationships, where we've been friendships, or or wherever, where there was a limit to that love. Sure. You know, I mean, you know, parents may be excluded, but there is always a point where that was like that—that that was it. I'm done with you. Have a good life, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And people have done to to me. I mean, I probably did to other people, you know, growing up. But the thing is that we need to understand is that there is no limit. Sure. There is no end point. There is no, uh, you know, uh, a point where it doesn't measure anymore because it's continuous. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's so hard for us to wrap our our meager kind of rational brain around god in the sense of what you know they say god is love love is god sure so if the whole feeling of what love is comes directly from god then that is something that is one it's amazing two it's so hard to comprehend, and three i want more of it right yeah. and,
0: but and it's just that, that's the hard part because we we're, we're trying to like back to what we were saying about worth it, it just it, it becomes based on some of your achievements right like that's the thing like you start to look at okay my worth in life is my money, my home, my things that I have. We start to look at it from an earthly perspective. So we think that's the same way well, that's, that God, that's God our measuring looks, stick. Right? Yeah, that's the measuring right? stick we're familiar But God with. doesn't yeah. have that same measuring no, no. stick. In fact, John Paul II says, we are not the sum of our weaknesses and failures. We are the sum of the Father's love for us and our real capacity to become the image of his Son, Jesus Christ. And that's the gift of that baptism is is when he's saying, you are my beloved Son and with whom I'm well pleased, That it's telling us we're invited in to the mission and to the love of Jesus Christ. He becomes our brother, God becomes our father. And we, we're we in this mission together, and our worth is, we're found worthy just because we're gods, right? Because he deems it so, not because it's anything we'll ever earn. And the, the problem is, when it becomes, when your worth becomes on a set of achievements or, or, or something else like that, and not on God's free gift of love, then, we begin to look elsewhere to cope right that's where we find ourselves in addictions or we find ourselves buried in work trying to achieve all of these things that make us feel like we're worth something that we're that we we have a purpose and that we're we're good at something and and it's all it is is trying to fill a hole that we feel because we don't understand how much god indeed loves us so we turn away from these it's almost like when you're when you're trying to get your dad's, uh, you know, as a young boy, trying to get your dad's approval or his love, you'll do anything to get it, include outlandish things, trying to get his attention, you know, whether it's approval or not. But at some point, if you're not getting that that feeling of love, a lot of people act out. That's why you see a lot of children that that act out, and they're just trying to like look at me, right? You know, see me. And we don't have to do that with God. Like when we when we know that His love is there for us as that free gift then we don't have to start looking for these some you know these achievements everywhere else when when we fail to do that is when we find ourselves in the drugs in the alcohol in the pornography in in divorce all these other places because we're trying to cope with the fact that we're not being found worthy or we're not ourselves we don't think that we're worthy and and that's the danger in this whole subject of not understanding of simply passing by this passage of the baptism of Jesus and these words that God say to him, but to us. And we need to to be able to stop and think and, and understand that this is this is God's like just cry to us. You know, and it says even in in Galatians four, three, seven, I love this. It's it's a, a series of verses here. It says in the same way we also, when we were not of age, were enslaved to the elemental powers of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to ransom those under the law so that we might receive adoption as proof that you are children God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying out Abba Father so you are no longer a slave but a child and if a child then also an heir through God and that's that's what this gift of his of his beloved you know of being called a beloved son is is that you know before that before our baptism we were still, you know, down in this in this sin in this 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 pre-Adam type existence. I mean, pre-Jesus type existence. And then when Jesus comes and He's baptized and He opens these doors for us, then we become we put on the garment of the new Adam. You know, and we're able to understand that now we are not a slave anymore, as it says there in Galatians, but a child of God. And and our understanding of this is paramount. If we're going to grow in our holiness, if we're going to grow in our relationship with the Lord,
1: and, and be the men that God calls us to be for our families, so speaking of how to how someone access an idea of what beloved means, what would be kind of like you, you said some great uh, scriptures mm-hmm. right there. So, what would be for for any guy that's like saying, "Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but it's still, it can't be me. You know, I'm still I'm still not worthy, or you don't know what I've done," and and or. Things have happened to me. I don't I haven't gone into a church because of certain things. Sure,
0: yeah. I mean, it's look. There's a lot of folks out there. There was a time in my life when I was like that too, and it just you have to get past all of that. You have to be able to to understand that everything that He has done from the time Jesus, when the Word became flesh, was for you individually. You're considered right you were in the plan. Yeah, He found you so worthy that He gave up His only Son for you to live. That is it. Not we need to personalize that. That is another part of the gospel that we just paint over because it's on you know big billboards and it's on poster boards at football games and under guys' black eye chalk under their eyes playing football. John three sixteen, and it's just become so normalized to us that it's just another set of words or slogan or something. But yeah, yeah. we have to look at that as like if there was only if I was the only being on this planet, God would have still sent Jesus to die for me because He loves me that much. That's where we have to get to is look you' you just because you, you stole something doesn't mean that you're that that's who you are or that you made you know whatever other mistakes you made in your life it doesn't mean that's who you are that doesn't make up who you are. You are a beloved Son of God. yes, you are susceptible to mistakes. you know we all are. I, I mean I've made several today but we have to be able to say, you know what God loves me he believes in me, he finds me worthy and so I need to go and reconcile with him. Get back in, in, into in, into the place I need to be with Him, and continue to push forward and not fall. It's one thing to fall, but to lay in the mud and to listen to Satan tell you again and again that you're worthless and you're not you, that God can't love you and all that. You are giving in in the spiritual battle. You've got to stop that. God loves you. He wants you to know it more than anything else ever in the world. That that everything He did was for you. So that's where we've got to get as men is, is to understand. Look, it's time to man up. It's time to say, yeah, I have made mistakes. I have done things. But I can't sit here and wallow in them. I've got to move forward. And yes, it's going to be painful. And yes, it's going to be hard. But you have a father that is standing there this whole time. It's just like the prodigal son. You know, I love that parable so much. And I mean, it's been talked about. But one of my favorite lines in there is when he says um, that the father saw him coming from a long way away and rushed out to meet him. We don't have a God that's sitting there with his back turned away from us, that's disgusted by us, that doesn't want to be in our us to be in his sight. We have a God that's always standing there, relentlessly pursuing us, right? Like always looking for us to turn back to Him, to catch a glimpse of Him, and to change our hearts. You know, I was looking at the discernment of spirits yesterday, the Ignatian spirituality, and it and it talks about this this gnawing feeling that you can get in your conscience it, when you're. When you're living a life of sin and you feel this nagging of, I know I'm doing things wrong or I'm not living in the right manner, that's God constantly poking and prodding at that saying, turn around, look mm-hmm. at me, I'm here. Just like that father, when he saw that son that had wasted away everything he had and all the mistakes he'd made, what did he do? He stood there looking for him. That, and what does that tell you? If he saw him from a long way away, that means looking. he was standing right. there every day looking for him to return. And when he did, he rushed out to meet him and put him in the finest things that he had, killed the fattened calf, all of that to welcome him home. It's going to be no different for a, for a man that's listening out
1: here that's made mistakes. God waits for you the way that he waited for the prodigal son in that parable. What's neat you're mentioning that is that he ran out and gave him his ring, yeah, meaning that he's my son. <laughs> he's like this. He's part of me, right? And and you, you know you're thinking about it as this this son's coming back I and mean, everyone really loves the story but he's coming back and he's already dejected he's already in his mind mm-hmm. he's already playing out what he's going to say what he's going to do the humility the the in the embarrassment of everything but yet it flips on him and and just the whole like i said it'd be great if we had like a sidetrack story we heard, heard about the older brother not being happy about it and the younger brother getting coming in and getting his sure. total forgiveness but how much did his life change after that it had to be profound.
0: Right. And, and that's, that's what God waits to do in every one of our lives. You know, we, we've got to stop vilifying God, you know, and blaming him for the things that may have gone wrong in our life and understand that he has been there. The one person that has been there for us the entire time in our lives, you know, oftentimes we make mistakes and, and you look around and nobody's there, but he is always there looking to pick you up and to walk with you. and and. and you know that's why today, when I thought about what topic we're going to talk about, I was like, we we really need to do justice to this. We've we've danced around identity and, and worth and things like that through several shows and and talked about it in certain ways and certain lights, dealing with certain sins, but like we need to understand as people that nothing keeps us from the love of the Father except ourselves. There is no there is no wall there. All of that is imaginary. All you have to do is be willing to believe it yourself. And to give him a chance to really welcome you home. That that's the thing. I mean, and I forgot that I think it's in Revelations, he says, Behold, I make all things new. That is the truth. There is nothing that you've done in your life that can't be made up for. Right? You look at you look at saints, look at Augustine. I mean, the guy was a womanizer, and, and he even had a child, you know, out of wedlock, and he was a drunk, and he was all of these things, and yet he wound up being a doctor of the church. You know, later on in his life, when he when he when he met God and he changed his ways, after all the prayerful intercessions of his mother and all of these things, he he became the man God called him to be. So, if you're listening right now to this show and you're in a place in your life where where you, you find yourself stuck or you can't get past things that you've done, it, the only person that's keeping you there is you. You have the right to have a do over. God gave you that when Christ died on the cross. That's the whole. If you if you miss that, you miss the meaning of the cross. That that. God sent His only Son here to die so that we could have a new life, and that's what we were to receive at baptism—was a new life to put on these new garments of the new Adam, and to live in the way that God calls us to live. And He doesn't send us out to do that on His own. He fills us with the Holy Spirit, and that once once you've you've accepted that, once you've understood that, and allowed that in your life, it's going to give you the power to continue to change and to continue to 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 not look back in that rearview mirror. You know, there is. I feel those inklings sometimes to, to the devil prod and saying, "John, who do you think you are? Look at where you were. Look at what you did." And I just have to rebuke those. I mean, in the name of Jesus Christ, I, this is. I know this is a a lie of the evil one, and I don't believe that. I have a Father in heaven who loves me and has given me a specific mission, and I am going to do my best to follow through with that because I am beloved, because I am worthy, just because He says so.
1: Right through prayer and through connection with God. I mean, we become new. Yeah. yeah.
0: It is, and and that's that's the thing. There is, I, I want to say that one more time because I know there's guys out there right now that are probably going, you know what, not me, I did this, and there's no way he's forgiven that. There is no unforgivable sin in, in the eyes of God if you're willing to be repentant and if you're true of heart about it. That's the whole point of reconciliation is to go and, and to pour that out to him, allow him to make you new. Like he said, I make all things new, and understand that you have a father that wants to embrace you. And there's nothing that's less manly about that or anything else. You know, he he wants to repair that relationship with you. And all you have to do is be open to it. So men out there that have struggled with anything, that have failed, forget about it. Let, Let it go. Forgive yourself. Let God forgive you. And understand that you are his beloved son with whom he is well pleased. Amen. So, Victor, I hear that music. So all you saints and future saints out there, man, take this one to heart. Do something about it today. Get to confession. Take time with the Lord and allow him to love you. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, there is not one of us listening to this show today that hasn't made mistakes. The devil tries to convince us that we are nothing but the sum of those weaknesses and missteps. Help us to remember that we are worthy just because you say we are. And Father, let us always dwell in the fact that we are your beloved sons with whom you are well pleased. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.